Good evening and welcome to the Buddy Martin Show. The Gator baseball team is not going to play any more postseason ball, at least in the SEC tournament. There may be other things ahead. We'll check on that with Franz Beard. Also, uh, what's going on on the Gator beat these days? Robbie Andrew, whose life it is to pretty much follow everything Gator football and college football, joins us later in the program for our checkup, talk a little bit about What's a sunshine pumper? We were, prod- we were sort of painted with a broad stroke there a couple of nights ago by some people who call us sunshine pumpers, or at least me and a few others of you. And uh, we'll see what that's about, by the way. And we'll also look up the definition. I spent actually spent time tonight looking up the definition and also trying to find the earliest trace of the term sunshine pumpers. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it corny? Does it matter? Etc. Many of you said guilty as charged. I am a hashtag sunshine pumper. We'll discuss that tonight. We're going to take a look at the uh, more of the global scene of college football tonight. And it will answer some questions that are posed today about where the power structure is. If you had to pick the teams you thought would be the best the next three seasons uh, in the SEC are the teams that are going to fall, rise or fall. There was a poll today on that. Uh, And uh, there's a group of teams that someone posted saying, these are the teams that will rise over the next three seasons, and these are the teams that will fall over the next three seasons. Well, that's David Moulton about that. We'll talk about the toughest schedule in the SEC as rated by some. Uh, And – We'll talk a little bit more about uh, FSU Florida contract. Raises the question, as Robbie Andrew did earlier today, do they really need a contract for crying out loud? I mean, really? How many years have been playing this game? They signed a new deal. And uh, I just took it for granted that game was always going to be. But you know why? In today's world, we've seen other great rivalries cancel. So you never know. We'll discuss that as well. So on the program tonight, again, we will have our good friend Robbie Andrew of the Gainesville Sun on the beat. David Moulton, who uh, covers college football for uh, CBS for his show in South Florida. Also, some other things he does in sports. Sometimes he's on the SEC network. And Francis Beard. Yeah, the old Duke himself. No show last night. We had him all teed up, ready to go. We called him, and he didn't pick up. It was technology. We got worried about France because, you know, his parents have been sick, but I reached him last night and said, dude, I tried to call you. He said, my phone never rang. I guess it could happen. But tonight we're going to ring him up about 20 minutes to 10, and we'll check out um, what's up with France. So I can say good evening to you, and we'll tee it up with Robbie Andrew, David, Nat Blaylock, Becky Smith, Carlisle, Roger Burns. Roger, how you doing over there in Ningbo? Guess you're still there. Wayne King, how are you? No time, long time, no here. Brian Snyder, nice to hear from you. Quentin Cruz, what's up there, Q? Yeah, sunshine pumper you are, you little sucker. Roger Burns, hello, Roger, how you doing? Lauren Meadows, where you been, uh, Lauren? Haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, And um, Dominic Thomas. My man Brendan says share, share, share. Good evening to Eric Stutz and, of course, our good friend Alec Perez, who's always around at nighttime. Appreciate all of you. 
please stop right now and go and like and share and tell people we're just moments away from talking to the longtime dean of Gator Beat Writers, Robbie Andrew. We'll be talking with him in just one moment. First, we're going to do this, though, and so we'll have more time. We're going to hear from our friend, Daniel L. Hightower. Job-related accidents create incredible stress on your finances, your relationships, and most importantly, your sense of well-being. When the adjuster is not approving benefits you're entitled to by law, you need Dan Hightower to help you understand all of your legal options. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. Call Daniel L. Hightower today to better understand all your legal options. 352-629-7777. Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer fighting for accident victim justice since 19. 19- 76, my good friend Dan. Uh, appreciate the support of all of our sponsors, and we appreciate it especially Dan, who's been with me for a long time. He's a good friend. It's great to have a good friend who also supports you. It's a good thing, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, can uh, Let's see if we can get a hold of Robbie here. Uh, not wanting to come through. Let me just redial this real fast, and we'll make that happen. By the way, um, Still having a lot of talk about recruiting. It just never dies. And I think it's good to obviously do that. Uh, but I, I do think uh, it's going to be, I call it the Gainesville elevator. And I do have, by the way, a reason for calling it that. One of these days I'll explain it to you. It's highly personal. Um, but uh, we will uh, tell you why. Because it's ups and it's downs, isn't it? It's always an up and a down. Uh, and it never stays the same unless it gets stuck on a floor. And emotions of Gators seem to ride with that, uh, you know. And I and, and and it's okay. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's the reality of the world. That's just how it rolls, right? So uh, we'll see if we can get a hold of Robbie. Uh, chat with him in a moment. Hello, Robbie. Are you there? We'll start playing a trick on us tonight. Not wanting to do. Robbie, stand by Hello? for a second, will you? Okay. I'll call you right back. I'm going to do this with Robbie, and I'll be a lot this thing done t- tonight um, with uh, issues we're having on the tech side tonight. Hello? Robbie, how you doing? It's Buddy Martin. Good, Good buddy. How are you? Good. Having a little dialing problems here tonight, so <laughs> I call yeah. you on, on the cell phone. How you doing, Robbie? Good. How about you, buddy? Well, I'm, I'm good. It's, it's getting into almost summertime now, and I'm thinking about you thinking, all right, Robbie gets a minute's peace here almost, unless in the offseason something happens. And I remember back when I was covering the team on a nightly basis, and I, a daily basis, that was another organization. And I'll never forget the night I walked into a club here in town with my wife and sat for a nice dinner and a friend I hadn't talked to in a long time. Uh, <clears throat> and, and lo and behold, uh, uh, there was a bulletin on on the TV. Urban Meyer has resigned. What? <laughs> <laughs> Life changed. And the second part of that was my son's wedding. He was getting married when we got uh, the call about who had been hired to replace him right in the middle of his wedding. So life does change when you're on the beat. It does, buddy. That's why we call it the worst beat in America. <laughs> you never know what's coming down. You never know what's coming down. Yeah. Speaking of which, what is coming down? 
Well, right now, it's kind of quiet for a little bit after that rough start to May, buddy. So I think that you know, Mullen, we're just hoping he kind of stays that way. And, you know, now that they're back in school and, and Savage has them, I think they're in, in better hands and I think they'll be okay. But, you know, they need to get through the summer without any more, you know, any more problems, any more negative headlines because they've lost a little bit of momentum with, with, with what's happening in the last month. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, it, it's a summer of obviously you got some new players, got the new ones in. Uh, we'll see how they go. And of course, this conditioning. I go back to the old days is when Carlos Alvarez uh, and John Reeves used to run route trees all day long in the heat, which is what made Carlos such a great player. Um, and so much of it now is up to the trainer. It really is. They should just make him the associate head coach because the strength and conditioning coach really has him more time than the head coach does. And yeah. so how important is that summer program? Yeah, buddy. I mean, Nick Savage and his staff, they're in charge of the team right now. They are the, the coaches. And, you know, the other coaches are only limited in what they can do now as far as contact with players and working with them. So, you know, it's, it's in Nick Savage's hands now. I think that is a good thing right now because they need that. And you know, he's the kind of, kind of guy that's going to push them. And they've bought into being pushed, which is a good thing. And they've got to keep doing that if they want to, you know, follow up the 10-3 and year with another good year in 2019, which a lot of people are expecting now. And you know, expectations are high again. And, uh, you know, a couple of losses early, it's going to be bad news. But I think the, the summer is, is crucial every year, but really big coming off the 10-3 and three year and with the trouble they've had here in early May. For sure. Um, well, um, there's a lot of talk about recruiting. There's always a lot of talk about recruiting. Um, and and I, I think I said this earlier last night that that it seems like, the, the the attitude and, and moral uh, morale of the Gator Nation Kingdom, or what you call it around here, goes up and down when they sign or don't sign somebody. Or, of course, kids change their mind, and that's the reality of recruiting today. Uh, and and I know you and I have had this discussion, uh, and I know that you you feel like I do that you let, let's wait and see them on the hoof. But you can't ignore, you know, you can't ignore. Uh, the fact that uh, recruiting is such a big part of everything. No, it's huge. I mean, it, you know, it's the, the lifeline of every program, really. But you've got to sign good guys and uh, good, uh, talented guys that you know you can develop and, and get better. And it, it's huge. So the people do live and die with it. And it's so different now, buddy, because back in the day, you know, the newspaper guys would, would break the stories. And now the recruits are doing it themselves on, on Twitter and social media. So it's totally, totally different than it was now. And, now you're seeing all these commitments two and three years down the road, and my take on that is pretty much ignore them because there's a long way to go between now and 2021, 2022. So if you get commitments there, I wouldn't put too much into it. Yeah. It's 24-7 now, though, because now in addition to the regular recruiting, you have the transfer portal. We've talked about that a lot. And the more I see of this thing and the more I, I look at it, I see the number of people who are in it. I read a stat today. I'm not sure if it was fact or not. This person claims he investigated everyone or talked to or looked up or researched all the people in the portal. In his opinion, I don't know who he was who said this, only 10% of the people seem to have a legitimate reason for transferring. But, you know, that's the system. And, of course, they're going to work it to their advantage. On the other hand, as we know, it's been rigged the other way for so long that the player had no say and the coach had all the yeah. say. So I don't know how I feel about it exactly yet. I'm glad they tried it, but I don't think it's perfected, Robbie. 
No, and but the thing is now, if, if a player comes to a school and doesn't like it right away, he goes, okay, I'm going to transfer. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't play right away, okay, I'm going to transfer right now. And you look at that portal, how immense it is, all those players in there, and a whole lot of them have been there for you know a month or two, and they haven't found another school yet. So you know they're taking a risk too. Some of these guys of saying they're going to leave and then not having anywhere to go because you know people do have scholarship limits everywhere. So you know there's no guarantee you're going to end up anywhere unless you're like a four or five star guy. So you know there is a risk when you put your name in the portal. We had some news today. Uh, Jalen Jones going to Jackson State, and that of course is where Brady, Brady Ackerman has been coaching. He coaches the quarterbacks. Uh, so uh, Brady's school uh, has has a has a good player at a level that where he should shine. Good for them. We'll see how long Brady's there. You know, whatever he's going to do. But if he's there, he gets to coach a pretty good player in Jalen Jones. Yeah, but buddy, this this shows you when you when you screw up and make a big mistake like that, how far you can fall. Mm-hmm. I mean, you went from an iconic program, Florida, to Jackson mm-hmm. State now, which no, nobody knows what's going on there to be honest with you. And you disappear for three or four years and hope the NFL finds you. But yeah, it just shows you how far and how quickly you can fall when you screw up the way that kid did. And he did it royally. He did. And he, he has some talent. We don't know the whole story behind it because they don't tell us. We don't no. get to know all that, but you hate to see it happen to the kid. And uh, it sounds as though without knowing the whole story uh, that he needs some help. So maybe he'll get it. At Jackson yeah, I State. Think, I think he does, buddy. I think that people said that he was kind of a guy that knew he was going to redshirt and kind of got out of control here and, you know, kind of went crazy his first year away from home. And, you know, that can happen sometimes. And he took it a little too far. And now he's, instead of being here, he's in, at Jackson State. For sure. Um, all right. So, Robbie, you're looked upon as a sort of a cheerful guy. You like to see the glass half full. You're always a pleasant fellow to be around. Uh, you can be an aggressive reporter, but uh, if you have to err on the side, use it on the side of being a gentleman and being nice and being positive. Now, there's this phrase out, which you've heard a lot of times. I've been accused of being one of them. Sunshine pumper. So we started something, hashtag sunshine pumper around here. And we're not a newspaper. We're not journalists. We're just a bunch of fans. So we can afford to do you know, whatever we want to do in that regard. And some people wore the badge proudly, said, I'm, I'm proud to be a sunshine pumper, whatever that is. I looked it up today, and the earliest reference I could find for sunshine pumper. My question is, I'm sure you're familiar with that term. What does it mean to you? Well, I mean, I think you're always trying to take a positive look. But, buddy, when you're covering a team, you have to look at it black and white and, and, and write the way, the way it is, and you can't really interject yourself unless you're a columnist. So, yeah, you know, if you come across the sunshine pumper, that's just the way it is. But I don't think you, anybody intentionally says, "Oh, I'm going to make Florida look good in this." I mean, if you're a, a guy that's been around and covering a team, you you write the news and what's there, and you don't interject a whole lot of opinion. That, like I said, unless you're a columnist, so you don't do it intentionally. I know that for sure. Well, you don't, and I <clears throat> I, I thought about that some, and there have been times when I've been a little more enthusiastic about the Gators than others. I mean, certainly during the Spurrier years, I was very enthusiastic about it. I think a lot of other people were too. Um, for whatever reason, although some people love to hate him now, uh, Urban Meyer came here, and early in the year that year, I told Brady Ackerman, I think this guy's going to be the guy. He's the guy. I think he's going to work. And, and, you know, maybe a lucky guess, just a hunch. Of course, he's, he's also vilified and hated by many. Uh, I f- didn't feel that good about Muschamp. 
And McElwain, I was mixed about. I didn't got to say. And then the end, it turned out. But I'm pretty positive about this guy here. I think Mullen's the guy. I've said so from day one. So, in this particular group, and you know this, Robbie, you're on the show, we tend to take a little bit more positive attitude because yeah. we don't like to trash players by, you know, calling them names. And we don't allow that here. But by yeah. the same token, we don't mind saying if the guy screwed up. I mean, yeah. Frank's had a tough year, but he turned it around. So, give me your take on that. On, on Frank's, buddy, or just... Just what general? I just said to you. Boy. Well, the thing you have to remember that you're dealing with, with college kids here, too, right? They're not pros, they're not getting paid for anything, and you got to be, you know, you got to treat them fairly, and you, you can't be calling them names and getting down on them. And I know the thing is, Florida fans are so fickle and, and can be so mean-spirited at times, and, and recruits and players see that on right. social media now, and they're influenced by that. And, you know, the thing is, you talk about being a sunshine pup or whatever, but and you're dealing with Florida fans. I've had to deal with them too, where, you know, sometimes you write a story, you think it's okay. And you get ripped up and down saying I'm too negative. So you yeah. get it both ways. The Florida fans are kind of tough to figure out and they're going to voice their opinion. And everybody's going to hear it from players, media coaches, everybody. Mm -hmm. Well, you get it both ways. And at first, when I heard that and people call our, call our group sunshine Poppers, I got kind of offended about it because look, I've had my time when I've had to take my beating. I've had stripes on my back. I've had run-ins with coaches. You know yeah. about a few, uh, like we all have had covering teams. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say that I necessarily got uh, horse whipped, but I think you know, it, you, you when you work as a journalist, you're going to get some of that, and it's not always sunshine and roses when you're covering the beat, as you well know, Robbie. No, it's not. You're covering a lot of stuff where, where bad things are happening, like the Jalen Jones thing, and you got to write about it. And I think you know, the Chris Steele. I think he was upset that his name out there but it's in the police report you've got to mention it. he was a witness he was there so i mean if he he and his family thought that was a bad thing it's just the way it is he was hooked up with the wrong guy and it came out and you have to report that and you have to be as fair as you can but you've got to report stuff that's there whether you're going to get people think you're negative or not you've got to report what's there yeah for sure all right robbie uh, i'll let you go with this uh you tweeted today just why just a four-year contract extension for the fsu florida rivalry the Gators and Seminoles are going to be playing each other every year for a while, forever. I thought about that a little bit, and I thought, well, what if they weren't playing forever? How about some of yeah. these other rivalries that have really gone by the wayside? And if somebody is sending somebody a message, I don't know. But it's a great point. I thought the exact same thing when I saw it. What's the big deal on a four-year contract? Here's what I think is going on, buddy. I think that over the years, very quietly, every three or four years, they renew the contract and nobody says anything about it because it's implied and inferred they're always going to be playing. And I think with all this news, teams making a splash about playing non-conference foes in the future, I think they wanted to get that out there this time. I think instead of quietly doing it like they've done over the decades, they went ahead and, and decided both schools at the same time to release it, to say, yeah, here, here there's another non-conference game on our schedule that's going to be, be really good. And I think you know, this has gone on secretly a long time, and now they want to get it out there. But I think that Florida and FSU are always going to play. I, I don't think that's ever going to end. I would not think so. Robbie Andrew of the Gator Beat, have a good summer, Robbie, and to get a little rest. I get over there to your hometown of St. Augustine and enjoy it. It's a beautiful place. Definitely plan to do that, buddy. It was good talking to you. Robbie Andrew, Gainesville Sun. Appreciate it, my friend. Okay. Hey, buddy. All right. Okay, we're having our issues for on the audio uh, for whatever reason. Uh, we're I don't know why, but we're going to try once again in just a moment to see if we can't get the audio worked out. Uh, and uh, so we can hear it through the headphones. We can hear ourselves, 
But I don't know whether we Skype, we'll be able to hear David Moulton. And if we're not, we'll have to call him again and try the other way around. Um, let me just tell you for a moment before we go to David Moulton. Um, I don't know the story. Of, I, I can tell you more about the baseball team a little bit later on. Uh, and uh, we'll talk with France about that in just a moment. Uh, I'll just say good evening to some of the folks just checking in now. Steve Fladman. Thank you, Steve, for the comment. Uh, John Phillips, uh, Billy Alford, etc. Good evening to you folks. Thanks for joining. Don't forget to like and share. Uh, all you sunshine pumpers or not sunshine pumpers. I don't even like that term, do you? But anyway, we're going to take a shot here and see if we can get Skype to work for us um, on a telephone call to David Moulton. First, I want to tell you about Rinstar Medical Research. Uh, truly um, one of the really great facilities we have in our community. Uh, and because, number one, uh, they're researching things for treatment that are very, very important to people in our community, every community, actually. One of them being Alzheimer's. We know about that, how destructive that is, and uh, dementia, et cetera. And they want you to know that if you hear that word or those words, they're not death sentences. There are things that can be worked out, and they want to educate you and your physicians and your, your caregivers about the, this new survey tool called Basic Knowledge of Alzheimer's Disease. So uh, check them out. Uh, you can go online there to... Uh, www.rentstore.net and look it up. Meanwhile, <clears throat> this superior medical research facility uh, has a wonderful reputation as patient-centered clinical research facility, which brings cutting-edge technology into research trials in Alzheimer's, psoriasis, osteoarthritis, migraine, fibromyalgia, along with many other conditions that affect our community. Go online, as I said. You can call them up at 352-629-5800. Find out what it means to when I say Rentstar Medical Research, seeking tomorrow's answers to the health questions of today. There's a couple of polls out. We'll see if we can get to them here in a minute. One of them came off of, uh, I believe it was Kentucky Sports and off the Five Bomb Show. Uh, they asking over the next three years, in comparison to the last three years, which teams will rive and which teams will fall. Now, there's some... It seems to me that's kind of a skewed question uh, because, look, uh, just the physics of the situation, uh, you know, uh, have to be considered. You can't really fall when you're on the bottom, right? So when you start talking about that stuff, uh, to me, it makes common sense um, if you consider the uh, geometry or, or physics involved. But that being the case, we understand what that means. Um, look, you know... What goes up must come down. So there are teams that have been up for a while, and they may be coming down. So we'll present that question. Uh, we're going to try to reach our friend David Moulton here in just a moment. Uh, and we're going to uh, chat about that if we can get the audio to work here on our Skype. So we will see if that does. David Moulton, of course, uh, does his own talk show. Uh, he's... Uh, uh, gosh, he gives a big poker game of the night, and he won a bunch of money. And I didn't get a check in the mail. I wonder if I should <laughs> ask him. <laughs> Hi, David. You had a good night last week, huh? I was going to say, buddy, the only way I won't be on your show is if there's a bunch of chips in front of me. And uh, I, I did pretty well. Well, uh, good for you. And that's just perfectly fine with me. And may you, you know, I, I, don't want you to, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but if you never get on the show again, that'll be a good thing for you, right? 
Uh, yes, I'll be able to afford uh, all the money my wife gives to charity. Yes. Yeah. Well, there you go. You're a charity poker player. Good. How you doing, David? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Getting ready for a little bit of a summer run and a project I'm working on, which is going to keep me busy this summer, which I think I told you about. And uh, when we get ready to announce that, we hope we can do that soon. Uh, fairly exciting thing. Um, media's changing, David. Media's changing. I see your ESPN uh, has uh, folded their magazine. Um, and, of course, they fired some people. TV stations have dropped anchors. I see the guy from Orlando, Pat, what's his last name? Channel 9? Yeah. Uh, they're along. Pat Hughes? Yeah. Has been fired or not re-signed. Uh, and you know TV sports. Uh, local sports anchors are like endangered species. Newspapers don't seem to have enough people anymore. They got about a third of what they used to have, and you can't really cover all the news and games. So people got to resort to shows like this sometimes to get information. That's pretty sad. Well, <laughs> you guys res- well buddy, yeah. I mean, I live in Southwest Florida, mm-hmm. which is the Fort Myers Naples right. radio TV market. Mm-hmm. We're we're a top sixty market in the country. We're mm-hmm. actually equal in size to Buffalo, which has an NFL and an NHL team. And in the last year, year and a half, every single local station has stopped doing sports in their newscasts. Six, 11, Monday through Friday, you name it. There is no local sportscaster Monday through Friday that you can turn to in this market. The two newspapers were bought up. One was owned by Gannett for the longest time, the mm-hmm. Fort Myers paper. Yeah. Uh, they also bought up, right, then, then they bought up the Naples paper, the Naples Daily News. Now, both are still putting out an edition. But where I live, that's where FGCU is. Mm-hmm. Dunk City made that run six years ago to the Sweet mm-hmm. 16. The Gators knocked them off. And you would think it's the biggest thing in town, right? You think? F- neither newspaper has a beat person to cover FGCU right now. They, they have gotten rid of so many people that FGCU, the only Division I school in Southwest Florida, does not have a beat writer. I mean, it is an incredibly sad state of affairs that in a top 60 market that's the size of you know, other markets that have NFL and NHL teams. We don't have local sports. And for all intents and purposes, we don't have the local college sports in our paper anymore. It's high school and below. And to me, it's the self-fulfilling prophecy. All the consultants and all the news stations have said, well, people turn to ESPN or Fox Sports or whatever for all their sports. They don't turn to us anymore. And so, buddy, it's why I got out 15 years ago. I was a local TV guy for 20 years. Yeah, I know. And, and we had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who we covered every week faithfully. And we had two kids who played high school football in our area who were starting on the Buccaneers. And, and Ernest Graham was one of them. And we're in the Super Bowl. And the game was on our station, ABC. <laughs> and we didn't go to the game and we had been to every game all year. And that's when I came home and said to my wife, I got to get out before they get me. 
Amen, and that brother. was 15 years ago. You were a visionary, and I had some of the things happening. By the way, just to underscore what you said, I'm not trying to top you. I had lunch with a friend of mine in, down in uh, Clearwater, who Billy Madden, who's in the Hall of Fame as a baseball writer, written a number of books about the Yankees, uh, covered when I was at Daily News, I hired him to cover the Yankees. Uh, he was became one of the not, top baseball writers in America. Absolutely. And yeah. he, 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 he retired recently and took the buyout about two years ago, but he did, they didn't have enough sense to get him to write a column once in a while. They don't have a Yankee beat recorder reporter, probably over 30 years old. You're not covering the New York Yankees for crying out loud. Come on, man. I mean, it's amazing right. what's happened. And th- th- which means we have to kind of just face up to the reality of it. It ain't that big anymore. I mean, newspapers are not that relevant in what they're doing. So we have yeah, to but- find new forms and new and new streams and new new conduits to reach the public, which you and I have kind of done over the years, which is talk radio or streaming shows or, or writing freelance articles or you have become the consummate consultant or whatever. David, you do how many jobs? Six. Yeah, there you go. That's how it is. And so you're now just... You're simply, I read a book years ago called The Age of Unreason, Reason, written about an economics professor from Cambridge. My wife, my, my daughter graduated from Boston University and got her you know, MBA. She brought it home and I read it. And I was predicting what was going to happen 25 years later about what was going to happen. There would not be uh, core businesses. Everybody would sort of like do four or five things and we'd hire out, you know. And that's kind of what you and I have done. Yeah, but the funny thing is, buddy, while yes, the corporate, you know, America, if you will, has decided that there will be less of sports people. The fan has an insatiable appetite. Yeah. And what the only thing that is getting consistent ratings on television is sports. I mean, like Game of Thrones, that was the most watched show mm-hmm. in the history of HBO on Sunday. The series finale, it did over 19 million mm-hmm viewers in all their different formats if game of thrones was a football game last year it would have been the 71st highest rated football game of the year i mean that's how much we love we love our Mm -hmm. sports and and the fan you know buddy the fan has less people to give them information in the traditional way but the fan is actually wanting more sports we can't get enough of it i want to binge watch just like that's netflix right binge watching well yes i mean there's a part of me that thinks that the national was 30 years ahead of its time mm-hmm. I, that the all sports daily that came out in the late 80s yeah. there's part of me that almost thinks today it would work now i might be foolish but i mean the fan can't get enough i mean can the gator fan truly get enough information about the gators no they can't. They can't. No, that's they true. can't. But they can't get it where they want it, and they can't get it when they want it. And if you're an advertiser and you want to advertise to the Gator audiences, and let's say that you have a, a widget to sell to Gator fans, and you go down and you advertise in the newspaper in Fort Myers and Naples, maybe less than 10% of people care, and probably half of those would never buy anything. So you have to pay cost per thousand. I know I'm getting into the business side too much. So you, you, while you need these pure demographics and you need these all nine shows that are team specific and fan base specific is that and the advertiser 
If they want to get to the fans, that's where they live. Buddy, we do a three-hour local radio show, mm-hmm. and then and we podcast every show. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anybody would like to listen to it, it's available. Miller and Moulton's the name of the show. You can find it. Mm-hmm. But then after every show, we do a bonus podcast, and we try to make that podcast topic-specific and or team-specific. And it's oftentimes our most downloaded podcast, if you will, because we put each hour of the show as its own podcast. And oftentimes our bonus podcast, which is incredibly micro-specific, is oftentimes our most downloaded podcast of the day. Hmm. Huh. Well, let me get to a couple of points your fans would like to hear from you. I teased this earlier. This something came off the Kentucky Sports Radio, and I think it was on Fine Bomb today. I didn't watch it today, but this is this is you're kind of an esoteric kind of academic guy. You like things like this. And I'll give you a minute. They put a list of teams up. They thought over the next three seasons, <clears throat> which teams would rise and which teams would fall. And I'll give you their list, and you can just make mental notes, and I'll give you my list after. They're saying, okay, over the next three seasons, these teams will rise. And they list Auburn. Arkansas, Florida, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Ole Miss, and Georgia. Okay? Now, you want to take that list, and or you want me to read the ones that are going to fall? Well, we we could go one by one here. I mean, right. you know, Let's... you put Arkansas on the list. I mean, they were winless in the SEC last right. year. Their last two years have been disastrous. It's right. tough to imagine they're not going to. So you're saying no. Up, you're but, saying you're saying no or yes. But they're not going to. They're not going to rise, though. I mean, to me, when you rise. say rise, are you, you you talking about like achieving something of consequence? In comparison to their last three years, how will they fare? Will they get better, or they get <sighs> the same, or the worse? So it's rise and fall. Probably not a great way they described it. So do you want to weigh in on any particular one, or you want me to go one by one, or what? Yeah, I mean, we can go one by one. I mean, right. Auburn. Uh, no, this is the same. Okay, yeah, I agree. All right, Arkansas. Maybe slightly better okay. because there's yeah. nowhere to go but up. Florida. But, you know, I'm, Florida will Florida will rise. Okay, because I think Florida, I, I think Florida will achieve. Although you know, McElwain, God, he got they. Actually, I don't know, buddy. I would probably say hold steady because yeah, technically, okay. if we go fair. back three years, well, if we go back three years, we have to count McElwain's right. year when he went to Atlanta. Right. So that's a good point. Uh, but I think overall, you'd like to think if you weighed those three years, yeah, the program would be in the pre, be, the program will okay, be in much whatever. better shape. Right. I just, yeah, I just I don't know if they'll achieve more it's than hard. Atlanta. It's hard to say that. You're right. All right, Texas A and M rise. Yeah, Kentucky. Ooh, I don't know if they can do better than last year. Okay. I, 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 I'll say kind of right. you add up the win total of the last three years. I don't know if they'll do much better than that. All right. Ole Miss. Uh, yeah, because the scholarship reductions mm-hmm. and all that, they'll rise yeah. slightly. Yeah. Slightly. All right. And finally, Georgia. Well, I'll say rise for this reason. I, I think he'll win a national championship in the next three years. Okay. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I think Arkansas, I think Auburn, uh, I think Auburn will not rise. 
I think Arkansas will, Florida will, Texas A&M will, Kentucky won't because they, like you said, I agree with you there, they can't do much better, I don't think. I think Ole Miss is going to, yes, because of the mere physics of going up. And I don't think Georgia will. I don't think Georgia will have three better years than he had the last three. So that's the point. Well, well, my thing is, is that the reason I said Georgia will rise is the one thing Georgia hasn't done is they haven't won the championship. So I think in the next three years, he'll get one. Okay. I I, I can understand. If they do win the national championship, then he has risen. Okay. Now, these are the ones that they say will, will fall. Not fail, but fall. Alabama, LSU, South Carolina, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, and Tennessee. Now, I'm going to go first this time and tell you what I disagree with, and then you can come in. I think South Carolina is 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 not going to fall because they haven't gone anywhere. I mean, in my opinion, they they would if they they, they, they got to go someplace. For, they got to be able to fall from something. Missouri, I I think Missouri could be on the way up a little bit. I think Tennessee definitely can do better in my opinion. So the rest of them, I think, are you know probably. But Alabama is going to fall simply because they can't keep it up. Well, I do think that after this season, I, that this could be the best year that they have for the next mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're absolutely loaded this year. It's tough to envision that they'll have more explosiveness on offense than what they're going to have in 2019. I mean, they have three NFL wide receivers and an NFL quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, Nick's recruited really, really well at Alabama. He's never recruited like that before on one team. They're usually spaced out every three, four years. He has one NFL wide receiver. Right. He's got three with the number one pick of the draft, the quarterback. I mean, you know, they should win this year. Right. All right, David. Uh, I'm sorry I took you away from winning money tonight. No, or did I? Maybe I did. <laughs> no, uh, no, we're we're good. I'm going to lose you next week, though. So whatever you're doing there, I'll catch up to you. Always have joy having your own. Thanks for your time. David Bolton, uh, th- tell me the link again. I'm sorry I should have it on the screen for your show. Uh, Fox Sports FM dot com. That's why I can never remember the FM. That's what I always forget. And uh, you can hear good stuff there. And occasionally he sits in on a national network, or maybe he's out covering golf. Who knows what he's? Oh, well, and that's where that's where I'll be next week. I'll well, be at the U.S. Women's yeah, Open. Okay. But also, right. buddy, yeah. you can you can get our show now on Facebook oh, and Twitter. Man. Nice, so, nice, nice. Join the Facebook. Well, good. I'll have to just go to Miller and Moulton on Facebook. There you go. There you go. Let's go. Well, I'll be doing that then from now on. I'm glad to know it. David, it's a pleasure, buddy. Thank you. Buddy, take care. Have a good holiday. You too. Take care. David, that's right. It is Memorial Day. I forgot. <laughs> we, have, we do have that, don't we? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, I want to take a quick minute to tell you about Mark's Prime, if I may. Um <clears throat> You hear me talk about the great food they have there a lot because I do go there and I do love it. Uh, and uh, if you have a special occasion that you need to take somebody out, your spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend or mother or dad, whatever, uh, this is a great place for you to go. Uh, Mark's Prime, well done the community for the quality of the food and the service. 
the ambiance, the whole experience. I highly recommend you check it out. Just go one time and you'll see what I mean. If you want the really, really good beef, uh, they have very good seafood there. They have excellent wine lists. Uh, the fresh vegetables are really wonderful. I love their sautéed spinach. Uh, go out to Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood, either Gainesville or Ocala. Call ahead in Ocala at 352-402-0097. Gainesville at 352-336-0077. One of the best restaurants in Florida. You'll be glad you did. Tell them Buddy Martin sent you. Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood, two locations to serve you for that unique dining experience. All right, time to get a hold of the Duke and see what he's up to and miss him. I'm, I'm going to chastise, chastise him for not being there last night. No, I'm not. So I'm going to talk to the Duke. Branch Beard. See what he's got going on. Uh, remind me later to talk to you about... Uh, hmm. I think that's him. I'm not sure. Let's see. And he's got his camera on. Look at there. I am Cameron. Oh, yeah. What's up, Francis? Another day at the office, Bud Light. Oh, yeah, yeah. You get your shower and everything, you're good to go there? Yeah, I don't stink anymore after getting out there in that heat and exercising and getting in a bunch of miles. Uh, I I smell a whole lot better. People don't know Francis has been on an exercise campaign to die for. I'm so proud of you, brother. I wish I had one-tenth of one percent of the willpower you had. Because you have, you know, you've worked here. We've worked together for a long time. And, you know, you've had up and downs with health as we all have. And you have done a really great job of getting yourself in, in shape and getting rid of that weight. And I'm proud of you. Well, you know, it, it's amazing what one will do when a doctor tells you mm-hmm. that that he's teetering on the verge of admitting you into the hospital in critical mm-hmm. condition because your blood sugar is so high. Yeah, or when he tells you you're playing Russian roulette with your health, which I've yeah. had mine tell me that. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, i got to get some inspiration from you. You're going to be my hero. I'm going to get you to help me with this. So, it, Well, it is amazing how how fear, fear is a great motivator. I yeah. don't know if you know that or not, but it really, really? is a great motivator. Yeah. Well, talk to me about the whole situation with people calling us sunshine pumpers, France. We're called sunshine pumpers. <laughs> well, what do they want us to do? Sit here and rip and shred the gators all the time? I mean, my goodness. I mean, we're a gator site. We're here to talk about the gators. We're here to to talk about the good things about the gators and occasionally the bad things as well. But the most important thing is this. Um, we're not going to rip and shred them. Why? There's plenty of people out there who'll do that. We don't have to. Now, I, somebody asked me that uh, about a month ago. They said, well, all you do is say good stuff about the Gators. I said, well, why do I need to say something bad about them? I got you out there. there <laughs> you know, why, why do I need to say anything? You're going to do mm-hmm. You're going to. You're going to get your two cents worth in, and and you're going to get two cents in worth for me, too. <laughs> uh-huh. That is true. That is so true. Uh, you know, and I'm glad that uh, I, I'm glad the fans are so passionate. I mean, look, this is why we got into sports, right? We, we got into sports. To, we didn't get into sports to go talk to lawyers and 
I go wrestle with issues in the on the police station. We got in sports to go to the ballpark and to see athletes perform and to see fans to feel the rush of the crowd and to do those things. That that's why we got into it. And we found out they would pay us to go to the ballpark. They give us let us go to uh, go to. The press tent box at, I mean, the press uh, building at Augusta National and eat pimento cheese and, hey and egg salad sandwiches. Hey boy. Hey boy. But you know what? Nobody else could get in there. Your neighbor couldn't go. And, uh, uh, that's your free ticket, and there you go. So, but anyway, I, so. I, I can uh, remember my first, my first LSU game, um, which was, I was uh, 16 years old. And at the time, they served beer in the press box during the game. <laughs> and I, had, I, had, I had people come by and said, hey, you want a beer? <laughs> I, I'd never had a beer in my life at that time. <laughs> so anyway, anyway oh, heavens, yeah, those were. I'll never the, forget the time I was in a press box. And 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 I, and, I, Jimmy, and and Jimmy Burns, the old columnist for the Miami Herald, was there. And I'd never seen this before. I don't think I've seen it much since. It was kind of chilly in the press box at Florida, and it was getting kind of late in the, in the afternoon. And Jimmy was writing his lead for the Miami Herald. He reached down into his briefcase and pulled out a bottle of bourbon, <laughs> and put, it, put it back up on the, the top, and had himself a drink. Now I heard those stories, and I heard about how. Uh, they had actually had writers passing out in their press box and people actually writing, uh, you know, writing their, their friends, writing the second half of the game for them. I never saw that. And I got to tell you, I, they, the friends I had liked to have a good time, but they had their work to get done first. And most of them would let alcohol touch their lips till that last word uh, was written. Have you, has that been your experience? Well, Indulge me for a moment, and I'll tell you my best story, press right. box story. Right. I'm at the um, North Carolina State, North Carolina game. I'm sports editor of a paper in North Carolina. And this is, uh, let's see, 1973 it was. And um, a certain sports writer who shall remain nameless since he's not here to defend himself uh, – 20 minutes, 30 minutes before the game, the, the elevator opens up at the press box at, at Carter Stadium in, in uh, Raleigh. And he comes out there and he leans up against the wall and says, drunk again, boys. Walks over to, to over, flops his, his typewriter down, puts his head down on it and passed out. <laughs> he wakes up four minutes to go in the game. North Carolina at the time is trailing 28 to 6. The final score is 28 to 6, and he only saw the last four minutes of the game, wrote the most incredible story you've ever seen detailing North Carolina's comeback, although they didn't win the game. They lost 28-26, and he won Sports Writer of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, that is a case where that, that the, the best work ethic was not at play, but I get what you're saying. There are some great stories about it. And I hope maybe one day to chronicle some of those. Just you know, I've been talking about doing a book uh, on the SEC Skywriters. One of these. Oh gosh, uh, you know uh, I can't wait to read uh, that because uh, uh, between you and and Jack Hairston, I have heard some oh, yeah. tales. I have a few. And, and Jack was part of some of those tales. Oh yeah, hey, very much a part of that. It's part of my book I'm working on. Uh, by the way, uh, one night we will take a time if everybody wants to do it. Uh, even if they don't want to do it. Well, later in the evening, well, we'll take a time 
We'll unplug all the commercials and stuff, and we'll just do story time. We'll just right. do story time, you and me and somebody else, and say, all right, let me tell you the time about so-and-so. Let the stories just flow, because uh, <laughs> I think it's fun to get that out there. All right, Francis, uh, tell me about baseball. It looks like the Gators have been sidelined. We'll see they still have a shot to get in to the NCAAs. Uh, tough loss. Though. I watched that whole game, and to go up, to be, to be behind against a good pitcher, 3 nothing, looking like they may never overcome that. And to come back and tie the game up, uh, and then to come back again, you know, and then to come back again and go ahead and then to lose the game. It was a tough, tough, tough way to lose the game. And Sully's team played gallantly, and obviously they're winning the two games in Missouri, and now they're out of the SEC, which wouldn't matter ordinarily except that they need one more win. Supposedly, someone has decided that 13 is not the magic number. 13 conference wins, it needs to be 14. Now, of course, that can't happen. Update us on where everything is, what you think is going to happen, and we'll know Sunday, right? I think they've got a chance. I think they still have a chance. But here's the here's the thing that's critical. You've got some one-bid leagues, for example, like the Big East, where Creighton is head and shoulders better than everybody else. But let's say Creighton loses in the Big East. They're still good enough to make the NCAA field. But that means that the Big East, which is a one-bid league, suddenly becomes a two-bid league. Or you take, uh, you, you take the American Athletic Conference, which has East Carolina and Houston, both of them good enough to make the tournament. Let's say one of them gets knocked off. Now, all of a sudden, a two-bid league becomes a three-bid league. Uh, and, and those are the things you worry about. Uh, out in the Big West, for example, Santa Barbara is the only team that really deserves to make it. Let's assume that they lose. Again, you've got that same situation where a a one-bid league now has to accommodate two because Santa Barbara has, I think, a top 10 or top 15 uh, RPI. They're going to be in the tournament, period. Uh, they're they're good enough. They could they could they could be the best team on the West Coast uh, during the tournament. They're that good. So this is what Florida's got to worry about because every time something like Florida's, uh, I think, in the last four teams that are going to get in. But if you have four leagues that suddenly become multiple bid leagues. Uh, every time that happens, one of those four teams gets lopped off, you know, and, and maybe let's say the Gators are of the four teams of the last four. Let's say that the Gators are because you got Missouri in there as one of them. And let's just say it's the Gators in, in Missouri. Got to be the uh, Gators or Missouri. You just swept them. Well, you would think so. But Missouri, you know, um, there might Missouri had a better conference record although not by much they were 13 and 16 florida was 13 and 17 and the gators got the sweep and the gators played a challenging uh schedule non-conference and missouri's uh, non-conference schedule was just absolutely weak as it could be i don't know how they are top 30 rpi other than that's the strength of the sec so florida's going to have to hang on there and the the key is going to be what happens in these other conference tournaments. Because if they go according to 
the way the standings in the regular season went, Florida is going to get in, it, although very, very narrowly. If they don't do, you know, if there are some, if there are some teams that get in there, and you've got uh, two and three bid, a two bid league that becomes a three, Florida, Florida could be in some serious trouble there, and and that's the one thing that that you can't, you know, the Gators can only do can only do what they can control, and you know they can only control what they can control, and. They didn't do it at the SEC tournament. They needed a win because the Aggies were like the 14 seed. Uh, a win over the Aggies would have absolutely it, it would have been an absolute no-brainer that Florida gets in if that's the case. Uh, but you know the Gators didn't uh, didn't win that game. Although you know be said they played it they you know they played them tight. They played them as about as close as you can play them. They battled really did. Yeah, they they really did. They battled. Getting picked it, off at third base and overrun third base was a killer. Oh um, gosh! Well, you, you, you look at the, you, you look at the error when uh, in the three run inning when Brady Smith throws yeah. the ball yeah. throws the ball to third base and throws it out into left field. Yeah, that was allows great. a run to score. Yeah, you know, hey, that that could have been the that could have been yeah. that would have been the difference in the ball game right yeah. there. So you you look at things like that, and and you know uh, it's been a you know it's been a real learning experience this year. Um, I, I I don't remember a, a Kevin O'Sullivan team that really had this poor uh, pitching and I, defense I, you know, and defense too. And, and the defense, you're right. The defense the defense was bad, but I look at it like this in. In 2013, the Gators finished 14 and 16 in the SEC. They went. Tw- they finished the season 29 and 30, mm-hmm. and yet, yet they, you know, they they went to the the. They were 14 and 16. They go to the SEC tournament on the heels of getting of losing two out of three to Georgia. The Aggies beat them in game one. And then they go. They they still made an NCAA tournament, even with that record. Uh, they were they were twenty nine and twenty eight, and they proceeded to lose to, of all people, Austin P. and Valparaiso. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, wow. Now you want to talk? This is a better team than that team that went twenty nine and thirty. Yeah. I will I will tell you. This is a much better team than that team that went 29 and 30. Um, so I think they're going to get in. I really and truly think they're going to get in, in spite of the fact that they've got, um, in spite of the fact that they've got a losing record in the SEC. But the SEC is going to get eight to not eight or nine teams in the tournament, maybe no. ten. No. You know uh, the way it stands. They could the get. We could see ten teams from the SEC make it into the tournament. Right. So, is Florida one of the ten best teams in the league? Sure. No. You know, uh, it's but it's going to be a close call. Yeah, yes. All right. Now, listen. Here's what I want you to address the next minute before we go off. This is directed at you. Scott Shook says, 
I think Franz Beard is the most knowledgeable scribe I've ever listened to and read. Well, he never read Jack Airston. No. <laughs> look, Jack was my great friend, and I used to work for him like you did, but he couldn't write like you write. All right, he's a great reporter, but I'm just saying. Anyway, take the take take the compliment, and then well, me... I appreciate I appreciate that. But I'm talking about just now. I'm not talking about writing. Yeah, I could outwrite Jack, but no. out out knowledge him? No. Well, he's talking about everything, and I just want to say that, uh, there, that. there are a couple of people made the same kind of remark. So the Iron Duke is uh, very well received around here, uh, which is why they miss you like they did last night. Now let me say this. Let me put this concept. We got any people still watching? Listening? We got a couple. What what if there were a way? Let's just let's suspend belief for a second. What if there were a way for us to all get together and do this whole media thing together with a few really good people, where we could not just come on and broadcast information, develop more shows, and also write more articles, which is what you're doing now so well with your thoughts of the day and the column that you write right now. What if we had a publication? What if we had a, a, another couple of shows, we had more recruiting and gave people a master list to say, fill out the blanks what you'd like to see. And we all got together because I keep hearing tonight, we love this show. We, we get information from you, et cetera. We love friends, et cetera. They listen every night. And that's the kind of dedication that you, you, you just can't, don't get anywhere. And I want them to know I appreciate that. And I'm working. I'm working along with others here to try to figure out a way to maybe expand this, okay? Which all of which is the way I'm a way of me saying that I'm going to put this up on the screen, real fast, and say, and some of you know what this means. Uh, this this is important uh, that we have something called keep the lights on. All right, and the folks who have joined in here, and I mentioned a couple of them. I mentioned one twice. I didn't mean to. David Baldoff got two names there. And there are others who've done this, by the way, not just these. They're the most recent who made contributions who just want to help us to keep going. And boy, I'm going to tell you something, friends. You don't get that anyplace. And I appreciate that so much. So my dedication is to keep the lights on, to keep the motor running, to keep the presses turning, and to keep the written and spoken word alive on Gator Sports with Franz Beard and other enlightened people. And I hope we can do that. And Franz and I are engaged in some discussions right now, which might lead to that. That's all I can say about it right now because the legal part has not been worked out. But Franz, you know what it is. And without giving away the secret, what is, what's your take on that? Well, you know, I, I, I think that uh, the people here who have been a part of this for – uh, goodness, we're we're pushing a year and a half of right, this now. Right. Uh, I I think the people here uh, are unlike the audiences at any other place, mm -hmm. um, and I appreciate that. And I think they're they're I think they're really passionate about about our team, and they they you know they appreciate the fact that that they've got a forum here. And that they've got opportunities here that they may not have at other places. Uh, stay with us, you know. I, I think that there's possibility that everybody's going to everybody's going to be exceedingly and excessively pleased by what goes on in the future, if it all works out. You know, uh, it, it, we we got to see if it does. Uh, but 
I'd say the that the the things are things are things are looking good. As Tom Petty once wrote, "The sky is the limit." You know. Yeah. And and we definitely cannot do it ourselves. It has no. to be. We need everybody's participation and help. I think once we're able to tell you more about it and get all the legal untanglement, it's not a big thing. You'll see the opportunities. And if you like Gator sports and you like following them and you like to be enlightened and educated and entertained and informed, you are probably going to like what we're going to do. And I'm just going to leave it at that and say it's an honor for me to serve the Gator Nation kingdom and all others will be involved to work alongside the Franz Beards, the Brendan Martins, and uh, the Chad Riches and all our other team members who are getting involved. And I'm going to tell you something. They are off the charts excited about this. They're like a bunch of kids, and they're so excited. So if it's possible to do, good Lord smiles on us, as Steve used to like to say, we're going to get it done. And uh, also one other thing, I expect to hear some news in the next couple of days on our friend Brady Ackerman, okay? You heard Jalen Jones is going up to uh, to, to Corey, or Brady coaches quarterbacks, but that's not what it's about. Spoke to Brady today, and if I'm able, I'm going to have him on soon. I expect there's some good news about Brady. So there's a couple of nuggets there for you, Francis. And uh, it's time to say good night. Let me tell folks about Grinders, and I'll talk to you again, hopefully on Thursday night, if I can get you. Well, I'm I'm perfectly capable capable of being on here on a Thursday night. All right, well, that's a good thing. Done it, been there, done that. Sure have. So. And anyway, if I haven't thanked you for all what you've done, friends, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate everything you've done. You, you, you. I knew that day we talked, and we started seeing the numbers rise on here that we had something that we could do, and we've been doing it a long time. And, yes. and, and doing it for for nothing. So just think if we actually made money, that'd be really something, huh? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, goodness, what a concept what that would be. <laughs> Have a good night. All the best to your Take family, care. all right? Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And with that, I'll say good night to friends. And good night. let me just tell you once again about my good friends over at Grinders, uh, where I love to go. I just like going by there and saying hi and visiting with the folks. Uh, I gotta go over and get some more of my pictures from Brandon. Brandon, where are you, man? I gotta get you more more pictures I can post. Uh, and 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 I say this because it's not just a men's clothing store. By the way, there is one there. It's a women's store too, right next door to in the same building. Uh, but it's much more than this. That it's an institution been around here for a long time. And I know knew the man who started it, and know uh, the people who own it. And I'm pleased to do business there. And I and I it's a part of my world that I hope I'll be able to use for the rest of my life, however long that might be. Um, they have a commitment. I love passionate people. They're committed to giving you really great customer service. And I mean, looking for things for you to, that you might want to try. Hey, I need a long sleeve blue shirt. I can't find Let me look and see. I'll see. I'll let you know. I'll order it, whatever. They're really great about it. They're over the top on customer service. Um, and and they, that's how they built their generations all these years. But Brent, those relationships with those generations of people. They've dressed generation after generation since 1962. And because people know when you go there, whether you want jeans, casual stuff, sportswear, suits, ties, whatever, you know you're going to get a good price, a good value, and a good product and great customer service. So go by and say hi to David and Brandon and the team down there. 405 East Silver Springs Boulevard. See for yourself why there is no other place like it. Grinders Clothing for Men. I'm a cattle tradition since 1962. All right. 
Well, thanks very much for listening and watching. Uh, we'll uh, try to reveal more of what we got going on here. And thank you for your support. Have a good night. And we'll talk to you tomorrow night at the same time.